Hello, friends. Wow. Um, it feels like it's been forever, right? Well, I've been trying to enjoy my time off, relaxing a little bit, and as much as I love creating this podcast, it's been super tough keeping in motion during COVID. That's just been uh, just super tough for me. Um, it's a constant struggle, uh, but I'm counting today as a win as I drop this episode. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, let me also take a moment to give a huge shout out to the Black Pod Collective. Uh, the Black Pod Collective was founded in April 2019 on the principles of community, education, and visibility. Uh, their mission is to help fill the void of adequate representation for Black people within the podcast industry. They do this by providing support, creating avenues to increase visibility, developing educational resources uh, uh, that ensure that our community has the tools needed to start, grow, and sustain uh, these platforms. Majority of podcasts are uh, white, still white males. And so I was very happy to discover the Black Pot Collective um, in September when I first started my podcast. And it has been a pleasure to be a part of the collective. Um, I've been slacking in every way possible, but I listened to the second episode of their podcast uh, this afternoon, and literally, I have to go back to finish all my notes. So much information. So if you are starting a podcast, if you have a podcast, I definitely recommend you check out the Black Pot Collective's podcast, um, and you can listen to it on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you, you know, wherever you like to go. Uh so informative, so helpful. Can't say that enough. So go check them out. You could also check them out at blackblkpodcollective.com, all one word, and see what the hype is all about. You won't you won't be disappointed, all right? Um, I can't wait to dig deeper into their offerings in 2021. I, I seriously can't. Uh, and 2021 is going to be our year, not just the podcast year, but all of our year, right? You just got to believe that. We got to believe that. <laughs> Okay, so I want you to whip out your Google Earth, whatever Maps app that you prefer to use because you're going to need it today. All right. So right now we are standing at the corner of West 47th Street and Southwestern Avenue. So go ahead and put that in your app. Okay. This is episode 12 of the Off the Beaten Podcast National Podcast Post Month series as we continue our stroll down Western Avenue, which is the longest street in Chicago. Okay, so today is the last day of November, and as you surely have noticed, I have not uh, produced 30 episodes. I did not achieve my goal of 30 episodes in 30 days. However, I am going to finish this series, uh, so I'm going to continue this, right? So one of the biggest enemies of life is time, right? There isn't ever enough time and this situation is no exception. So on this segment of Western Avenue, once again, we find ourselves sandwiched between two neighborhoods, Brighton Park and Back of the Yards. Now, simply due to time, I won't be discussing both of these neighborhoods. I wish I could just, you know, <laughs> just there is never enough time. Uh, today, we're going to focus solely on Back of the Yards, right? Back of the Yards has such a long storied history we could literally do a whole series on that one neighborhood alone all right so speaking of back of the yards back of the yards was settled uh by those people who worked in the nearby union stockyards between the 1860s and 1880s uh back of the yards is a neighborhood of immigrants industry and social activism and it always has been uh the neighborhood is officially located in 
In the new city community area of Chicago, uh, it has served as a setting for the work of many activists, social scientists, and 20th century novelists even, including Upton Sinclair in his novel, The Jungle. If you've never read The Jungle, trust me, it is a must read. You will love it. Go get your hands on it right now. And the Union Stockyard once comp- uh, comprised the largest meatpacking center in the country, if you didn't know. So according to the Encyclopedia of Chicago, the concentration of railroads in the mid-19th century, the establishment of the Union Stockyards in 1865, and the perfection of the refrigerated boxcar by 1880 led to a giant expansion of meatpacking in this neighborhood. Lithuanian, Czech, Polish, Irish, and German immigrants all settled in this community in search of job opportunities afforded by the meatpacking industry. But the dangerous, discriminatory, and unsanitary working conditions of the stockyards prompted major social movements and political activism in the community, such as the Packing House Workers Organizing Committee, which was a key player in the union movement that worked to increase wages and obtain workers' rights. The Back of the Yards Neighborhood Council, which was founded in 1939 by community organizers, uh, claims to be among the oldest not-for-profit community groups in the United States, but this group also championed social causes such as school lunch programs and continues to be in existence even today. By the 1970s, the Union Stockyard had closed due to the increased use of interstate trucking. The neighborhood, which by this point was predominantly Latinx, still is to this day, suffered economic decline. And then today, the neighborhood is a site of the Stockyard's industrial park, a redevelopment effort that started in the 1990s and has turned the area into a busy industrial center. Also, recent data shows that the new city community area is 62% Latinx and 22% African American. So I encourage you to, in the Google Earth, just kind of scroll back and look around back of the yards. Lots of, you know, interesting little things there. Uh, I mean, we could talk for, for hours. However, I think this is a perfect time to remind you that small local businesses need us now more than ever. All right. Are you listening? Okay. I want to point out two awesome businesses in this neighborhood that you should check out. Okay. So the first one is a very old business, and that's Stanley's. Stanley's Tavern was opened by Stanley Couric, I hope I pronounced that correctly, please excuse me if I did not, uh, on Whiskey Row in 1935. So Whiskey Row, to my understanding, is exactly what it sounds like, is where you could go to get some whiskey, a bowl of soup, and possibly a warm fire after a long day of working in the stockyards, right? Stanley's was originally open from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. And since the stockyards basically ran a 24-hour clock with three separate shifts of workers, even at 7 a.m., there were clients looking for a drink and some relaxation. Now, I had the pleasure of both working in the back of the yards as a public school teacher and frequenting Stanley's, as well as meeting and talking with Stanley's daughter, Wanda Keurig, who ran the bar until her death last year at the age of uh, 95. She was an absolutely delightful lady, um, and it was always a pleasure to talk with her um, and just to kind of sit and listen to her uh, because she was a piece of this fabric of Chicago, you know, like it was like talking to living Chicago history. Um, if you want to hear more about Stanley's though, I will post an episode from the podcast Curious City, which interviewed Wanda as a story about Chicago's bars, as well as the Chicago Reader article that memorialized her after her death. Both of the, both of those would be in the episode notes. 
And while Wanda is gone, Stanley's is still open and being run by her nephew, Wally. At last, I read, um, if you're in the neighborhood, stop by for a drink or to try out their lunch special. Their lunch specials are excellent. I, I can tell you that from firsthand experience. Now, the other business I want to point out is the Back of the Yards Coffee House. I've been a fan of this place since it opened a few years ago. I'm a total cafe snob, um, and this place is solid. You know, I'll throw a few bucks at Starbucks if there's no other other choices, no other options. However, I love small, independently owned coffee houses and cafes, and I will always throw my money there. So back of the yards coffee house is a beautiful space and it has excellent drinks. I've actually even been there during uh quarantine period. I biked up to back of the yards one day, biked over and stopped there and got me a drink. And coincidentally, Back of the Yards Coffee House is actually right across the street from a school. And because the schools are, are not in session right now physically, I actually just walked across the street and sat on the stairs of the school, enjoyed my drink, and people watched for about a half hour before biking on home. Uh, they also roast their own coffee beans and they even have a subscription coffee club. So if you're a regular coffee drinker, you can even like, you know, get into their club and get some beans monthly. Um, make it a point to get over here and try this spot out on one of these days. Okay. Um, you won't be disappointed and you'll be, uh, supporting a small, uh, to my understanding, uh, female owned business. And I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And so that short jaunt brings us to Pershing road. Yo, um, I hope you learned something new. I, I, I feel like this, this episode was a little bit, uh, briefer than some of the others, but we have a lot more <laughs> ground to cover. And so I don't want to get hung up on any one mile. Cause like I've said before, we could literally do hours on just one mile of Chicago. That's how deep and rich the city is culturally and historically and just all the cool things that you'll see here. You know, um, so I will talk with you next episode where we'll actually hit the neighborhood of McKinley Park. Yo, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share, rate and review. If you could just share this with one person, you will be making my day and I would appreciate it. And then uh, that's it, man. Until next time. Peace. Peace.